0: of 40. How many of you this past week could say that the week brought for you stress? Raise your hand. All right, put them down. How many of you could say that this week, the things that you were facing, you had no stress, zero stress? Raise your hand. Now, wait a minute. I had a bunch of liars the first time go around. I said, did you face in any form or fashion, I think, Stress in any way. Did anybody get stressed out last week? Raise your hand. All right. Now see there's a lot of you not raising your hand. So whoever I want to ask you again. Did is there anybody in here that had zero stress? You didn't have you weren't stressed out one bit last week. Raise your hand. Man, that is cool. I need to hang out with you. <laughs> Look at Luke twenty two verse forty one. Jesus had just, or was fixing to approach the the time of his uh, crucifixion, and then it, it said that he got the disciples together, and after he left the upper room, they went to the Mount of Olives, and he told them, "Pray that you will not be overcome by temptation." Then in verse 41, listen to this. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Jesus prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last, he stood up again, returned to the disciples, and found them asleep. They were exhausted, but he had asked them to pray. Why are you sleeping, Jesus said, or asked. Get up and pray, or otherwise temptation will overpower you. Isn't it amazing that even Jesus, even Jesus went through stress? His stress and agony was so great, the Bible says that he prayed with great sweat drops of blood. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Last week has been a stressful week on me. I won't go into it because you just get mad at the wrong people. But I'll tell you this, when I prayed, blood did not drop from my forehead. As a matter of fact, I I know all of you in here face stress, but the stress, the kind of stress that Jesus was facing here, it was so great. The Bible says he sent an angel to strengthen him. Wouldn't that be cool if you got all stressed out and all of a sudden you said, Lord Jesus, would you please send it?" And he stood there right in front of you, messenger. You'll be all right. Where you're going, this is, this is, a, this is nothing. This is going to make you appreciate heaven. Wouldn't it be so cool if all of a sudden just an angel showed up? It'd scare some of you to death. You'd have to start wearing the pins. Look at Isaiah 40. Look up into the heavens. Boy, if this don't sound current, who created all the stars? He brings them out one after another, calling each by name. And he counts them to see that none are lost or strayed away. (laughs) Monday. Don't look up into the heavens. How do you know those glasses aren't faulty? <laughs> you'll know the next morning because you'll be blind. Oh, you're, I know you. I'm telling you not to do it just like you tell your kids. And the first thing you're going to do, driving down the road tomorrow from 2 to 4, where's it at? Curiosity is going to kill a cat tomorrow. But if you end up blind, I don't want to hear it. Because you've been warned, Amen? Amen. We got people driving right now, to, and they're already there, South Carolina, up ten, why? Because the full eclipse is not going to happen here. Full eclipse is up there where the mountain people are, where God lives. Just kidding. Verse twenty-seven. O Israel, how can you say the Lord does not see your trouble? How can you say that God refuses to hear your case? Have you ever heard or understood? Don't you know that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows faint or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. Anybody rolled in here today kind of on the tired side? Worn outside. Let me tell you something. Most of your tiredness didn't become because you went or walked very fast. Some of you grumbling because you had to walk this morning more than you had to walk. Gracious me. God forbid you had to walk. Well, Mike, I'm tired. I'm worn out. But the Bible says God offers strength to the weak. Even the youth will be exhausted and young men will give up. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will fly on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Have you ever gotten up in the morning and realized it's going to be a day of stress? I mean, you just stressed out, down and out, all troubled, bound up. That's what I want to preach about today, being stressed out. Look, our society... Stressed out. You, many of you are here, you're stressed out. Those husbands have driven you insane. You wives are killing us. We're stressed out. You ever gotten up in the morning and had a strange premonition, it's going to be a bad day? Maybe you woke up and you were face down on the pavement. If that went on, you had a bad day. Maybe the suicide prevention group showed up at your house. Or maybe you called in a suicide and they put you on hold. That's a bad day. (laughs) Your birthday cake collapses because of the weight of the candles. Bad day. Your twin sister forgets your birthday. You're following a group of hell's angels down the freeway when suddenly you get mad and blow the horn and the horn gets stuck. That's a bad day. (laughs) Outlaws and the hell's angels. Be careful. Yesterday, I saw this truck and I was right at crossing the bridge, my wife and I, right there where you turn right to go to the new Walmart. And this truck just went, whoom, and my wife goes, huh, what? I said, stop it. I don't have my gun. I have to fight, man. You go making the people. I don't care if they're in the wrong or not. If you make them mad, they're gonna follow you. You better have. Well, I better not say that. You wake up to discover that your water bed is broken. Only to remember you don't have a water bed. That's a bad day. Look, we deal in a society we have all around us. We're stressed and overwhelmed. Stress is one of the number one sense and has become a factor in heart disease. And and the number one disease is heart and it's stress related. Now, some of the stress you have, you brought on yourself. But some of it's not. Stress has become a ticket item, big ticket item in our society. In Atlanta alone, there are seven treatment centers devoted to the care and management of stress. Isn't it amazing that we have the best selling books out on the market called Less Stress in 30 Days? Stress passages, stress management, managing stress, letting go of stress. Did you know that trouble is the open door, an opportunity for stress? Now, life's not all abundant and fun. You know, some of us, unfortunately, life's not all exciting and adventurous. Sometimes life is just common and fretful and unglamorous and tiresome. Instead of singing, we're sighing. Instead of having joy, we've lost our glitter, glitter, not gritter, our glitter of the ordinary. I mean, come on, stress is tough. The daily grind of going to work, raising kids, preparing the meals have left us in the valley of aimless and tedious living. Stress is real. Reminds me of a story that someone found of a note of an individual in New York City who decided to end his life, and the note said this, I'm aimless, brainless, helpless, wealthless, helpless, hopeless, and useless. Cremate me in the sewer of New York. Son, that's a sad testimony. The truth of it is, some of us are in that kind of shape, but then some of us are having a pretty good time. You're not stressful. I mean, you have a little bit of stress, but not a lot. But before you die, it's coming. I'm going to prophesy today you're going to get it. If God brings it on like He does in my life, you're going to get it. Some of you already have. Stress is just a reality. I, I was thinking about it this morning when about four thirty when I was looking over my notes this morning. I know that stresses out you latecomers. Is stress a sin? I said, "Well, is frustration a sin?" I'm not sure it's a sin. Worry is. Worry is a sin. Well, what about stress? But we all have it, right? You see, we are living in a society where the goal is gold and the creed is speed. We're in a hurry. Don't know why. We just did a big hurry. You know, my Bible tells me God is the great physician, and he knew about stress before we even knew what to call it. He knew all about it. Jesus faced it. In a real Luke 22 kind of way. And I believe God gives us a prescription. Now, there is a problem, and stress is a problem. Number one, the problem of stress is real. You say, well, what is stress? Well, it's the gap between demands that are placed on us in everyday life and the strength we have in meeting those demands. Different people call it different things stress factor, stress ratio, stress component, stress formula. Everybody calls it different, but it's still stress. It's the gap between my ought tos and my can't dos when my can do can't keep up with what my want to wants to do, so I get frustrated. Y'all ever get frustrated? I said, Y'all ever get frustrated? Evidently you ain't got no kids. Or grandkids. Grandkids, grandkids don't frustrate me near. I just love my grandkids. But now I don't put on my grandfra- I don't put on my grandkids what I put on my kids. I beat the tar out for what I let my grandkids just get help yourself, baby. I'm gonna ruin you. Let mom and dad handle it. I'm gonna be a grandpa. You ain't gonna put all that demanding stuff on me. I had it already. Don't frustrate me. Y'all, y'all, y'all with me? You okay? Some of you are so frustrated, you're about to explode right now. The number one, or the number one definition, or I like this, it's a Webster definition of stress, is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse and demanding circumstances. Listen, stress is a problem we all have. You say, Who? Well, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 40 that the, not only do adults have stress, but youth have stress. How could a youth be stressed out? Listen, look, look what it says in Isaiah 40, verse 30. Even the youth will become exhausted. Young men will want to give up. Y'all remember when you was about 14, 15? You know what was on my mind at 14, 15 besides girls? I wanted my driver's license worse than a cow or a pig wanted slop. I wanted it bad. Then I went and took the test and failed it. I didn't fail the driving; I failed the written. I got so embarrassed. I won't tell you what I did beyond that, because then some of you might think try to do it. But children—did you know that children are no longer immune to stress? There was a, an article in U.S. News that reported this, and it was entitled, Children Under Stress. The article points out that the magic years of childhood no longer seem so magical. Not when kids have to cope in the world which both parents work, sex and drugs, cloud even the grade school yards, and violence is only as far away as the living room on the TV. American kids... Are stressed out. Did you know that there are people who pull their hair out because they're stressed out? You see all these bald people? We stressed out. Now we didn't pull it out. But there are actually people because of their stress pull their hair out. Now that's stressed out. Every day we're constantly faced with stress producing situations. The death of the friend. By the way, Miss Sarah Joe is just on the brink of going to see Jesus. If she follows pattern of well, last night, she's always going into the coma stage of death. Mark White is told that he has fo- st- stage four cancer in his lungs. He can't take chemo, too weak. And I can go on and on and on with different ones. That, hey, look, death, divorce, school, Parents, we're all in in this stress stuff. I've heard my grandkids come in and say, golly, Papa, I'm stressed out. What? Man, you got everything planted for you. How are you stressed out? I'm just stressed. The mental strain of stress will cause an actor to forget his life a basketball player to miss the game winning three th- free throw a football player to drop the 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 game winning touchdown call straight many of us go back to our old way of life because we can't handle the stress but what does the bible say there is the antidote what's the, what look at verse 31 but those Isaiah 40. But those who wait, now wait a minute. You're telling me to wait and that's going to help my stress? I'm already impatient. You got to wait. Wait on what? You got to wait on me. Well, what's that mean? Sitting on my blessed assurance? Singing Jesus is mine until God comes and works it out? That stresses me out saying that. I don't like to wait. It gets me in a lot of trouble. Anybody else in the house a little impatient? You're my kind of people. I feel your pain. I know what it's like, man. Man, I, I just I can't, I it's difficult for me to wait. Wait stresses me out. But you see, what he's talking about here, what does he mean by waiting? Well, There's a couple of things we need to understand about that in scriptures I want to share with you. First of all, it's found in Psalm 62, verse 1. Truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh salvation. What does that mean? It's kind of like a young man that wants to date a girl. He said, I'm going to wait on her. Now, that that could mean different things. But what it really means is he likes her. He's going to pursue her. What's God saying? He's saying that when you and I wait on the Lord, we, we should have a longing in our heart, and we should pursue God. That's not sitting. That's pursuing Him. That's longing for God. A second thing is found in verse or Proverbs eight thirty four says, "Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my the post of my doors." What is that? It's, it means. Listening for God to speak. It means to constantly be at daily seeking through God through prayer that God would speak to my heart. That's what it means to wait. Psalms 104 27 says these wait upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. What does it mean that he give us meat in due season? It means that you and I, when we look at our situation, say, God, I don't know what's fixing to happen, but you know what? I'm going to listen, and I'm going to look for you to move. I expect you to move. See, this is proactive. This is not him doing anything other than expecting to show up in your life. And then fourthly, we ought to be living for God. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't live by my faith. I live by his faith. He makes me strong in my weakness. I go to him because I am weak so I can get his strength. If you think that strength's going to come in you, ain't none of you in here strong enough to overcome the enemy without him. You see, it's through his might. We have a promise. I haven't given you any points I? Well, first of all, I done forgot them. (laughs) Forget it. Out of problem stress. The second is the promise of strength. Paul said, "I glory in my weakness, so that he might make me what? Strong." But if we're not careful, we'll walk around in us trying to figure it all out, trying to work it all out. Do our plan? It isn't your plan. Going to do it? It's his plan. The strength comes from him. We can't muster that strength up within ourselves. It's got to be in Him. God knows you go through stresses and strains and strife and that you're going to encounter them every day. But in God's grace and His goodness, He's already supplied His strength and provided His power to meet the stresses of everyday life. Look what He says in verse 31. They shall mount up like wings of eagles. Do you know how fast an eagle can fly? Somebody know? An eagle can fly 50 miles an hour. But I tell you what an eagle looks for. Eagles long for the storms. You want to know why? Because now they can fly up to 100 miles an hour and soar to heights way beyond they would get in any other way. They, they go for the wind of the storm. You know what happens when you and I go through the storm? God, you don't love me. God, I can't take it anymore. We don't sound like an eagle, we sound like a turkey pecking on the earth. You're supposed to go to the storm so you can see God work. Actually, the storms is what brings us strength. You've been saying, What's, God's mad at me because I'm going through a storm. No, he's not. He's in love with you. And he's wanting you to take a stand and be firm. Go up. That's what he's saying. Quit being a wimp. You and I are praying for a life of perfection. Forget that. Forget it. Jesus is perfect. If he's in you, that's the closest to perfection that you're going to get. And that's enough. If he'll provide and take care of everything that you go through. But you're still going to die. You're still going to get sick. People are going to uh, accidentally get killed. But he'll give you the strength to deal with that and see it from the right perspective. 2 Corinthians or 12, Second Corinthians twelve nine says... My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather you boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon you. That's trouble. (laughs) He also says they shall run and not be weary. You see, God not only gives us height to overcome obstacles, but he gives us help to meet the opportunities in our lives through stress. Some stress is important. Some is necessary. Why? Because some of you need pressure to move you. A a running back or a quarterback or a pitcher, he needs a little bit of stress to give just a little more activity to make it happen at the goal line, at the plate. I saw a dude throw a fastball last week, 105 miles an hour. How can you even see a ball that fast? They didn't. They just swung at something. 105 mile an hour. Boy, that would feel good if he hit you. They shall walk and not faint. Did you know that the hammer of stress continuously pounds against the door of your life? Don't give in and don't give up. I think you and I need to understand that if you wait on the Lord, he'll give you the kind of staying power that will help you keep up, keep you walking when you don't think you can take another step. You ever got to that point? Tired, weary, depressed. Some of you women, you all get so depressed you can't even move. And it isn't just women, it's men too. And yet, God says you got an opportunity to be strong in your weakness if you let him live through you. The problem is we're not living for him. We're living for ourselves. If we were living for him, we'd get a whole bunch of things straightened out in our lives that we're just trying to say, you know what? I ain't going to do it. No, because it takes a man of God to do some things. It takes a woman of God to stand and get a clear conscience before God and say, you know what? I'm not going to give in to sin. I'm not caving to temptation. I'm going to take a stand and live for God. Oh, listen, that takes a man. That takes a woman of God. Only wusses will run from that. Because, listen, it's not easy to lay your head down on the pillow at night with a clear and godly conscience. If we're tied up knee-deep in sin, you're all going to be, along with me, buffeted by the stress storms of life. And he tells us to wait on him. Thirdly, is the power of success. Look at verse 29, Isaiah 40. God gives us power to those who are tri- tired, worn out, to the exhausted, to those who grow weary, burdened down with troubles. Look, all of us have what? Trouble. We're all burdened down with it. But it shouldn't do anything but Still make us want to do right. Follow God. Follow his power. His power is to succeed. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong with the Lord's mighty power. In the power of his might. Not your might. His might. Where is it at? It's in me. God. In me. And if you're a believer, he's in you. It's right there in you. Well, I'm just so tired. Well, I've had it. It's about time. Give it up. You can't do it. Let God do what only God can do in you. You keep trying, you're just going to mess it up. You're not strong enough. The power comes in Him, in you. What does Jesus want to do? Live in you. He wants to live right godliness in you. You say, well, I ain't, I ain't godly. That's why you're in a struggle. <laughs> That's why you're having your problems until you get it right with you and God. And then whoever else we've messed up, you're never going to be right. It don't disappear. The closer you get to God, the more godliness is going to be and sinfulness is going to be revealed in you. The Bible never teaches that it's hard to live the Christian life. The Bible teaches that it's impossible to live the Christian life unless you live it through Him. And my friend, that's not doing it your way. I was doing it his way. A man named Paige Patterson went to Africa and he was hunting what is called the Cape Buffalo. Now, I don't even know what that looks like. This is a true story, and, and I know this man. I've seen him in anyway. They were on the back woods and they were hunting, and here come a herd of them. And all of a sudden they started stampeding him and the guide. God said, Don't move. Don't move. And he's, he's behind him making sure he didn't move. That's real brave. He said, and whatever you do, they're coming at us. Don't run. They'll catch us. And it'll kill both of us. Don't move. Keep your eyes straight and you look at that. Well, he was shaking in his boots. They're coming at him a whole herd. They get 10 feet away and all of a sudden, Aah! they all stop. He's sitting there shaking looking straight at them, and they turned away and walked off. Let me tell you something. You know how the enemy works? He brings you your problems to try to scare you, try to stress you out. But if you stand fast. You see, we think the closer that we get to God, we got to do something weird. We got to lay hands on somebody so they get healed. Hey, Hey, listen, if I could do that and God would use me to do that, I'd accept it. If I could jump 20 pews at one time, you don't think I wouldn't try? I can't even jump one no more. I don't care how many pews you you jump. It doesn't matter to me what you do. If you speak in tongues, you heal people. That's not the power I'm talking about. The kind of power I'm talking about takes a man and a woman to stand in the face of the enemy with their eyes pointed to the problem and say, okay, take me down. Stand against it. Little boy had a horse standing there. and He said, man come out to him and said, son, is that a race horse? He said, no, sir. He said, is that a? Is that, do you ride barrels, horses? No, sir. He said, is that a plow plow horse? He said, no, sir. He said, what just does that horse do? He said, he stands fast. Let me tell you what you got to do, guys. When the world comes knocking at the door and stress comes, and and Lord, tomorrow's going to happen if it don't start tonight. Stress is coming. What do you do? You stand fast. Let me tell you something. Many of you are running away from God. You're not running with Him. You're dodging. You're sidestepping. You're not taking a stand. You've become worldly in the way that you face what comes against you. God says to stand firm in the power of my might. You might be successful in me. With your